Welcome to our Engaging Influencers podcast, where we at Ablaze Malawi aim to illustrate the significance of living an influential Christian life and how one could impact society. We do this by bringing real-life situations and stories to illustrate just how essential this is to the everyday Christian life. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, fam. Welcome to another session of Engaging Influencers with your host, Tlantla Dakar. It's so beautiful, so amazing. I'm personally glad to be here because it's another opportunity to share some certain things that the Lord has placed on my heart that personally I have already started implementing in my life, even for a while, that I believe can do something meaningful in your life as well. So I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to have life. It's a blessing of the Lord. I don't take it for granted to have this podcast to have the equipment to record and to share is the work of the Lord. So I'm personally very grateful to have this privilege. Otherwise, I'm very grateful as well to have you listen to this episode. Without you, I'm just speaking to myself. So know it so well that you appreciate it. You mean a lot to us. You give meaning to this podcast. So may God bless you. May God honor you. May God lift you up and may God make you a great leader in this time. Otherwise, if you take time to share the links to these episodes, I'm saying thank you once again. And I encourage you to continue doing that. So I would ask, please share the links to family, to friends. We all need to grow. We all need to become better people in our society and we are all working together coherently, making sure that we have a better society, a better Malawi, a better Africa, a better world. That's what God called us for. So let's kick in. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, for yet this another day that you've given us so that we can stick together in one spirit, learning from you, God Almighty, great leadership skills. You sent forth people, God Almighty, who could be examples, who through studying, the studying of their lives, the reflection of their lives, God Almighty, we shall see wisdom on how to handle our situations, how to live our lives, how to be better people in a society. And this is that moment. So in this series, God Almighty, I trust in your grace. Holy Spirit, speak to us, teach us, build us, equip us, so that we can glorify you more in our time. I thank you and I praise you. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So, today we're continuing with the leadership lessons uh, from Bible Character Series. And um, we'll be looking into the character Esther. And she's our first woman that we'll be talking about in this series. And I'm so excited. Uh, just shows this whole amazing diverse side of God how he can use old people young people males and females for what he wants to do so you are not left out in the plans of God whether you are disabled whether you don't come from a good background 
the Bible has the stories for any type of person and God can use any type of person. You just have to be a person who is clean in your heart because what matters for a vessel is it doesn't matter if it's broken or if it's small. God just wants clean vessels and willing vessels. So if you, you are sanctifying yourself, putting yourself aside for the use of God and you are willing to be used by God, trust me, God will do the miraculous and the impossible with your life. So let's see a life that God did the miraculous and the impossible. So Esther, if you want to find out about her, then make sure you have the Bible. And pretty much this podcast, you have to have a Bible because it's a Christian leadership podcast. So we are referring from the book of Esther that is in the Bible. So you read the whole book you get the picture of about what I'm going to be sharing today. Otherwise, a quick background, who is Esther? So Esther's birth name was actually Hadassah. Uh, this means mitel. It's the name of a tree with a very sweet and powerful fragrance. Uh, I don't know if it's still found today, but it was well found in their time there in the middle east so actually her name was changed to esther to conceal or let's say to hide her identity upon becoming the queen of persia it was the advice of mordecai that she concealed her identity and it was a a well thought advice and it actually paid off later on Otherwise, tragically, if I may say so, Hadassah was orphaned at a very young age. And she was later adopted by her cousin, the man that I just talked about, Mordecai. This was quite fortunate for her as Mordecai was a God-fearing man and he loved her dearly. In the land that... They were exiled. Her, Esther, or Hadassah, and her people, the Jews. And in this land, uh, it was called Susur, which is present-day Iran, and in the empire of then Persia. Uh, she later became the queen, and through this position as a queen, she prevented the first holocaust in history. And probably what could have been the extinction of Jews, like entirely, if she didn't stand up, maybe today there wouldn't be a Jew in the world. That's how important her role is when it comes to studying these leaders in the Bible. She took up a very important responsibility. It was a great assignment and she did a great job. Without her, today, Jews could have just been an, a historical race. But she did something that she saved a whole nation. So she embodies bravery and the right use of influence, beauty, and character to benefit others. Esther reminds us that nothing is impossible with 
God. So go through the whole book. You will understand more about her, the whole storyline. And it's just a beautiful story, a beautiful tale per se. Because there's, you know, there's three, there's a moment for, for three and there's a moment for excitement. And all this, you enjoy the story generally. But otherwise, focusing on our series, what are the leadership lessons from we can learn from Esther? Don't allow your background to determine your playground. Where you are coming from doesn't have to determine where you're going. Where you are now doesn't have to determine where you end up. We might have not started off well. You might have not started off rich. You might have been disadvantaged. But your future, your destiny is solely dependent on your decision about what you really want your tomorrow to be like. And that's what we learned from Esther. She was orphaned and a Jew. As a Jew, she was an exile. That means she was not a first-class citizen. And as an orphan, well, she was not like other children who grew up with the love, support, and care of parents. But God saw her heart and made her queen of one of the largest empires in history. When you talk about the greatest empires in history, you can never miss out the Persian Empire. Yet, she was the queen of that empire despite coming from an orphaned background despite coming from the jewish race and these were exiles these were people who were considered low in a society where they were they were like pretty much maybe the slaves or people in captives they were second class citizens or something but there she was chosen amongst even the women from persia from susa and she was found to be the one the king fell in love with. Who he found favor in. And that's what God does with our lives. When we give ourselves to his great calling upon our lives. So that's the first lesson. Don't allow your playground, I mean your background, to determine your playground. Secondly, real leaders don't let fear stop them. The decision to meet King Xerxes who was the king then for Persia, and invited, could have costed Esther her life. And she knew that very well. But she still went ahead with the plan, despite the fear that she faced. It takes bravery to take a risk and to do great things. Don't think Esther was just a natural born or it was that easy to do what she did it was a law that no wife or concubine could come in the presence of the king and invited and the result of that was as strict as getting executed so she did something that we can say she broke the laws of their empire She faced death in her eyes with that decision that she had to make. 
It must have been daunting, honestly. It's like you're going for war and you know I can die. But yet you still go and fight the war. That's how it was like for Esther. But yet she still went ahead. So leaders, don't let fear stop them. They overcome fear. And that's what bravery is all about. It doesn't mean there's the absence of fear. No, fear will be there. But you have to overcome it. That's what we call bravery. And as a leader, you need to have that character. You have to face your fears. Thirdly, real leaders are ready to give up their lives for others. As I said, if things didn't go as planned, Esther would have been executed. But she was willing to take that risk for her people. We must be willing to defend and to stand for lives. Lives of those dying of starvation, epidemics, abortions, and whatever you can think of. That is killing people every day. We're talking about Ukraine. We have to be willing to stand for lives. We have to be willing to stand for lives that are sleeping hungry, homeless, naked, that are lost in sin, that are helpless. It is our responsibility as those who are saved, as those who know God, as those who have the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us to stand for the voiceless, to stand for the hopeless, to stand for those who don't have strength, those who have nothing. It is our responsibility. Make your life a living sacrifice as a leader. Esther showed us that. She was willing to face death for the sake of her people. Are you willing to give up your time, your privileges, your luxuries for other people? Are you willing to say, I will not live in mega mansions. I will not have poshy cars, but I will use this money to help someone who is hungry, to help someone who is poor. Are you willing to say that I'm going to fight corruption even though I might face death because a lot of powerful people are in this? Are you willing to stand for those poor people in the villages that don't have food because some people are mismanaging their fans, their taxes? Are you willing to face hell and declare war by going to preach the gospel? To those who are lost and unsaved. Going in nations where it is illegal to preach Jesus. The Muslim world. The Asians where people are Buddhists and all these things. Are you willing to go there? That's what being a real leader is. You have to be ready to give up your life for others. Until you find what you are willing to die for. You haven't started living life. Fourthly, we have to keep listening. As much as Esther was now more powerful in authority than Mordecai, his other cousin, he still listened to his advice, even though it was risky. Most people stop taking advice once they're on top. I'm saying Mordecai was simply someone who was a watchman this time. And there Esther was a queen 
very esteemed, powerful. Every woman looked up to her. She was more powerful than even the rulers and uh, the advisors of the king. But Mordecai comes with this advice. He still she the Bible shows that she still listened with a humble heart. She still trusted of the Mordecai's advice, even though she was way above him. And that's why we have to be as leaders. We don't always have to take advice from the educated. We don't always have to take advice from the rich ones. People who were good to us and giving us advice when they were nobody, when we become somebody, let's not forget them. Remember the advices. Still give them time to tell you wisdom on how to make it, to continue being a great leader. You have to be a listening leader. You cannot do this life alone. You cannot do this leadership business thing alone. You need people. You need good advice. Be a person who will take time to give an ear to others good counsel. And that's the secret to being someone who can be talked about thousands and thousands of years after your life. Like how we are talking about Esther. She was a listening leader. The fifth point that we can learn from Esther's life is that when you refuse to do good, God will find another who will be willing to. In other words, God will replace you. Yes, God replaces irresponsible leaders. This is well noted from the book of Esther itself, chapter 4, verse 14, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and it reads, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you are made queen for just such a time as this. This was Mordecai telling Esther that if you try to say, no, I'll not do this, Know it very well that your no will not stop God's yes. Know it very well that your unwillingness will not stop God from fulfilling his will for his people. So when God has called you to do something, don't waste his time running around, bringing around the bush and stuff like that. Be like Isaiah, send me Lord. It's an opportunity to let God make you a great leader. So know it very well. Maybe God has put you in a position as a leader of an organization, leader of a business leader somewhere there and he's giving you money. And you, you're making that money, but you're not using that money to help other young entrepreneurs to help poor people, to, to, to just do good. He has put you in a very powerful position, whether it's a political position or in an organization, but you're not using that position to lift others, to help others. I want to tell this message, God will replace you. I'm not taking this back. It's not a might. No, he will. Because there's someone that has to lift up other people. And you can't just be wasting your position. You can't just be wasting your money. No. That position, that money has to be used for the good work. And if you not use that, those resources and that position for such a good work, God will replace you. 
God replaces irresponsible leaders. Learn to use your position, your resources, your influence, your connections to support others, to uplift others, to benefit others. The sixth point is you are just as great a leader as your mentor. There's no Esther story without Mordecai. Esther did right because she was raised and taught right. The decision to stand up for the Israelites wasn't Esther's. It was Mordecai's. Who beyond being a guardian, he was also her mentor. He grew up to advise her, to tell her to be a good woman. And that's why she qualified to be the queen. That's why she found favor before the king and his officials. Because of how she presented herself, she had character. She was humble. There was something beyond her beauty. She had substance. Mordecai mentored her well. So you as great a leader as your mentor. Don't think you are better than your mentor. Don't ignore your mentor. Take time to listen to him or her. They can give you advice. That can change your whole life forever and make you an outstanding leader forever. Otherwise, learn to choose good mentors as well. Because if you're as good as a leader, if you're as good a leader as your mentor, then it matters which mentor. Because if your mentor is low, then you're as good as that low. If your mentor is high in knowledge, high in their relationship with God, you know, high in their commitment, their passion for other people, you will flow in the same. So know who to follow. Know who to spend time to learn about their lives, to get closer to. That will determine how far you go as a leader. To do godly impact, um, yeah, so we are on our seventh point now. And what we learn from Esther is that we don't always have to stick a fish on it. What do I mean? If you go through the book of Esther, you will notice one thing. It is the only book in the Bible that does not mention God, the temple, or worship. But one thing that is very obvious is that he is the center of the whole story. From the beginning to the end, you know that he's there. He's the one um, looking after Esther. He's the one getting her closer to the king. He's the one uh, making her find favor before the king. And the whole story, you can notice God. But there's no direct mentioning of his name, worship, or the temple, per se, like many other books. So what's my point? My point is to do godly impact. It's not always about shouting hallelujah in the hallways. It's not always about going in a business meeting carrying your Bible. It's not always about being a president and you have a cross on your center and you're praying. No, most people, you take it wrong. We are not influencing circles behind the Christian circles because we think to be godly, then it's about just 
Hallelujah, speaking tongues everywhere. No. There's a place for everything. There's a way to do everything. Know how to approach people who don't know your God. Know how to approach leaders. Le know how to approach political people. Know how to approach people who are not political, doctors, lawyers, programmers. Know that and that's how you're going to be able to effectively declare God's glory. So that's how Esther was. She didn't tell the king, let's go and pray. Oh, God has told me this and that. No. She just used her wisdom well. She was humble. She was obedient and that just got her favor and she used that favor well to help her people. So learn from that people. Learn from that. The eighth point is be a leader of prayer. Esther was a woman of prayer. She knew her source of strength, faith and courage. She knew without God, there's no victory. She knew extreme seeking of God brings extreme results. And indeed, in her three days of a dry fasting and prayer where she didn't drink or eat, that brought about a great salvation for the Jews. So when you take extreme steps in seeking God, God will take extreme steps in manifesting himself. As a leader, learn, be to, learn to be a person who's serious about your prayer life. Be deep about it. It's not always about administration. It's not always having a good speech before people. It's about recognizing true strength. It's about having the one who matters by your side. Because... We can't say Esther was very convincing and she did a lot of tricks to convince King Xerxes. No. God was the one working in the heart of that king to be favorable upon the Jews. So he cannot do these things alone. He cannot do these things without God. Take time before you start a day like Jesus to pray to God. When it's tough, take time to tell him these things are too hard. I can't do them on my own. Take time to ask for God's help. Take time to fast and pray every month. We need God on this journey. We need God on this journey. There are a lot of enemies, real enemies. There are a lot of challenges, real challenges. There are a lot of obstacles, real obstacles. Without God's help, we will not move forward. Be a leader of prayer. Lastly, you are not too young to lead. Like Josiah, he is another young leader who did the most for our people. But what most people don't know is that, of course it's not stated in the Bible, but it is estimated historically that she might have been a teenager by the time she was made queen. Because... Uh, the usual process is that kings went to look out for virgins and virgins, most of them were teenagers or they were in their early 20s or so. But the chances are high she was a teenager and it is estimated probably between 14 and 15. This whole scenario 
where Haman wanted to execute the Jews, it was happening when she was about 20. So she was only 20 years old when she was first with this burdensome responsibility of saving an entire nation. But she handled it with boldness, wisdom, faith, and grace. Very few people even in the old age can be able to handle it the way she handled it. Yet she was only 20. What does this tell us? This tells us that you are not too young to carry on burdensome responsibility and to handle yourself in the right way to do with big things that can change lives of people in a big way. So don't look so low on yourself. Don't underestimate yourself. Don't underrate yourself. History has taught us that God believes in people. Whether they are males or females, young or old, it doesn't matter to God. God can use anyone. Anyhow, anyway. So I'm speaking to you, and maybe you are young, and yet you have this burden. I'm telling you, God used Esther, God used Josiah, God used Joseph, God used David. These were all young leaders, and they did mighty works for God, and today we still talk about them. What if you too were born also for such a time like this? What if the challenges your family are going through they're for you to prove God's glory in your family? What if God made you for such a time like this to take my life out of poverty? For such a time like this to make more people come to know Jesus Christ and get saved for eternity's sake? What if God called you to be a great entrepreneur that can build companies and create a lot of opportunities? What if God called you to be a great footballer, a great artist, a great actor, so that you can be able to showcase the beauty of gifts and talent and inspire a lot of gifted and young people out there in the world? I want to tell you, it may be so, and indeed, you are born for such a time like this. Don't look down on your passion. Don't look down on your dream. Don't look down on yourself. You are the next great leader the world is going to talk about. Yes, you are born for such a time as this. Stay blessed. Have a blessed week. Bye.